Welcome to the Politics and Bros podcast. It is Thursday, October 22nd, 2020. This is the podcast of two guys that used to be on the inside who are now on the outside, and all they can do is bitch and complain about everything that's happening on the inside. Uh, I'm with my co-host, Howell. Howell, how you doing, man? Good evening, Peter. Good evening. We're not watching the debate, are we? Well, I mean, we were. Wa- I I watched. You know, I watched the first whatever forty minutes of it in two or three minute increments before I had to change a channel because I couldn't stand the two of them. But <laughs> yeah, you know, it is what it is. Kind of my my feeling as well. I mean, do you think anything can really change from this this debate tonight? I don't know. I mean, I feel I was thinking as I was watching, I was like, oh, Trump is a little bit more. Uh, measured tonight yeah. and then i thought if anyone actually is swayed by his measured performance i i just don't understand you but maybe it, some people are <laughs> it's interesting because i mean there's got to be with the i was thinking about this earlier today with the um with more and more people doing early voting i mean i think what we're up to like 44 44 45 million people have already cast their ballots mm-hmm. and already made their decision does that mean we need to accelerate the nomination process the primaries to account for that because by the time you have the conventions really i mean if you don't have people if people haven't made up their minds by the conventions you're not really going to change that many minds i'm starting to think i mean this election maybe but elections going forward as people get either get more and more entrenched right. or more and more disgusted with whatever candidate they don't like i, I mean i well, kind of feel like yeah. i don't know the, the, the changes might be coming to we, the presidential to the presidential cycles in terms of timing like primary uh, I, stuff or i don't i don't know I, I mean maybe it's holding the um the conventions earlier in the summer but there's still primaries going on i i mean I don't know. I, yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not basing this off of anything that I've read. It's just perhaps, uh, perhaps just a we thought. have a future politics and bros episode forming right in front of our eyes. Oh, I know that'd be fantastic. Yes. But the one thing I've noticed in this debate, though, is that Joe is really terrible at the opposition research stuff. Try you know hitting back at Trump on uh, either hitting Trump like for he's not stuff dirty enough, or he just like, no, he's just know how to he make it land. He, he can't make it land because he doesn't, I mean, I don't know if he doesn't know how to formulate his thoughts on it because it's such a foreign concept to him. But like when he starts talking about domestic policy, like when they were talking about ACA and and, and all that and public option, he was pretty concise. Um, but when he was trying to deal with, you know, the China bank account or whether or not he was paid $3.3 million by the Ukrainians, mm-hmm. you know, he, he couldn't land the punch because either he was like, you know, he does have a stutter, Pete. It's not. It's not even that. It was. It's. It's his thoughts just it. weren't I'm just giving you shit. Yeah, it's just his thoughts weren't clear on what he was trying to say. And I mean, he pushed back. It's not. Well, that he is seventy-seven. Back, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, if I was up there at forty-two, I would probably be yeah mouth vomiting too. So, yeah. um, I can things. understand it. Uh, how how are you? Otherwise, everything going okay at uh, the home front? Everything's everything's good. Yeah, uh, kids are still in school. We almost um, lost our dog today. Oh, oh well, we, we actually did lose our dog for about forty-five minutes. Oh, what happened? Um, but uh, um, we ultimately fa- found him thanks to our lovely community. Someone grabbed him and had him in their house, and then just get out of the yard or something. He jumped over a fence. Yeah, um, and uh, uh, was up the street a ways, but. Um, yeah, so I won't belabor that, but he's been found and everyone's happy. Okay, oh, it was a bit of a trauma on a Thursday afternoon. I bet, but especially for young children. That yes, you exactly. If but if that's the worst thing that happens to us, then you know we're doing okay. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. We um, yeah, actually, Teddy was over by your neck of the woods. He was oh, yeah. over playing with his cousins. Oh, um, my in you know my in laws go watch the kids on Thursdays. Okay. So my father-in-law swung by and picked up Teddy because he didn't have school today because of a t- uh, parent-teacher conferences. How's and, he doing uh, in school? He, he's doing great. He's uh, his teacher. Top of the class. Him. What's that? Top of the class. Uh, kindergarten valedictorian. Uh, he, apparently, he and three other students are the only ones that know how to do math. And I thought you were going to the only ones who grab their balls all day. <laughs> well, he, oh, he does that anyway. <laughs> um so she was very impressed with his math skills. I mean, it's like she was like, he does, I don't think he does it on purpose. I think it might have been by accident, but he, she was like, he knows some second grade level math. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but okay. It's always nice to hear things like that about your, your, your child. Yeah. It was awesome. So 
Cool. Um, well, so this is probably our last episode. No, it's not going to be our last episode, but it's our last non-guest episode. So it's our chance to talk about the election at the, the last bits of the election as we close it out here. Yeah. Um, kind of gone sort of how we thought it would be. I think uh, the first topic we have here is, you know, the the tradition or the um, every four years, uh, some sort of October surprise. So, you know, in 2016, it was Hillary being under investigation for emails related to uh, found on, I believe it was Anthony Weiner's computer. Was that what yep. it was? Yeah. Um, what are some of the other good October surprises uh, that have happened in the past? Uh, oh God. Now, now I got to Google it. Yeah. We're going to have to Google that. I don't, I can't remember any off the top of my head. I mean, there's been, there's an October, like that's the other thing too, with having 44 million ballots already cast, like October surprises don't really matter as much. It seems like, um, but I mean, this one is—it's definitely some of the you know the New York Post and they're talking about Hunter Hunter Biden and yes, uh, and we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. So that's that's this year. But uh, you know, in the past, oh. I'm trying to think of what other ones. I mean, well, the you, for Bush, the whole cocaine DUI thing. Oh, okay. That wasn't in October. That was like September, or August, but still. Just any t- yeah, anytime basically after the convention before yeah. before the election, the general election, right? Um, is you know there's some sort of uh, moment or information release that um, kind of sways uh, voters or could potentially sway voters. Um, I don't know if the John Kerry Swift boat things would count because a says, lot of that came I mean, out. In 2004, it says the war on terror, um, October 25, New York times story about the missing arsenals of explosives in Iraq gave Democrat Jer- John Kerry ammunition against George Bush's war on terror. Mm. Mm. That's obviously didn't land. No, because uh, Bush <laughs> the one by never... three, four million votes. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. 2008 was Auntie O. I, I thought 2008's is. October surprise was basically the economy crashing. Uh, for And um, McCain, you know, McCain's response to that. And that wasn't really anything... No, when he talked about suspending the campaign to go back to Washington to work on whatever a stimulus package or, or bailout or whatever right. it was, that right. which, which blew up in McCain's face because Obama actually did a thing that, you know, you got to be able to handle multiple things at one time. You can't just walk stop. and chew gum. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which is also my, I tweeted about uh, a very similar sentiment about the Senate Democrats and the uh, Judge Barrett nomination. Oh, but- I, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. The, oh, was it the Democrats that um, were were pushing that narrative? Yes, they were. They kept saying, "Why are we doing this when we need to be negotiating a COVID relief package?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Why can't you be doing both at the same time? That's kind of your job. That's yeah, why you're like on. Pelosi that's why you serve on multiple multiple committees." Right. I was gonna say it's not like Pelosi's in the uh, Judiciary Committee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's uh, only ten uh, Democrats in the Judiciary <laughs> Committee. You, you can I'm sure. I'm sure the rest of the Senate can handle. You know, can work on other things too. So. I think one of the things that's maybe been the October surprise this year is that there there hasn't really been an October surprise. So I think Trump and his team have been banking on some kind of things dovetailing and being released here right before uh, the the general election. Um, the first that really didn't pan out was uh, and kind of petered out really if you if you depending on your your point of view was the investigation, the Justice Department investigation into um, the unmasking uh, of <clears throat> General Flynn, and mm-hmm. that's pretty. A report came out in the Washington Post that it's gonna, it's closing up without any any charges, any more charges yeah. against. And I think you know there was the um, FBI lawyer who was charged and and fired from the FBI. Um, and I believe he pl- ended up pleading guilty uh, for some minor. Uh, I, I I went and did a little bit of a deep dive on what happened there, and it and it was it was definitely um, not part of a deep state uh, Obama led conspiracy to overthrow the government. Um, and then, you know, I think the hope was that there would be some higher, more visible 
members of the Obama administration that would be charged with some sort of misconduct like John Brennan or maybe even um, uh, Samantha, um, no, I'm sorry, who was the national security, but Susan Rice. Susan, Susan Rice, Rice, yeah. Um, but that didn't happen. And uh, I don't know, did you, did you, did that surprise you? No, I mean, because all that stuff was, uh, you could tell it was all overblown to begin with. But right. it's it's funny because Doug Collins, who's running for uh, one of the Senate seats in Georgia, actually, it's, a, it's the, um, to finish out Johnny Isaacson's term in, in Georgia. Um, so it's him versus Kelly Loeffler, uh, the other Republican. But he just put out this big ad that he is endorsed by Flynn. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, is that really, well, is that going to help in a general election? I, I don't Loeffler was endorsed by a QAnon supporter. So you that's know, true. I mean, it's just, if I'm forced to, although I think Flynn is a QAnon supporter now too, as well. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, one, it's one in each one win in each column there. Um, yeah. So anyway, I think, and as we had, we, I think we had spoken about this, the, the whole FISA thing, um, yeah. a while back. And, and I tried to make the point that, it, you know, it's a pretty routine, uh, process that, um, you know, though I didn't see any, any sort of wrongdoing there. Um, and that it's, it's hard to, it's really hard to, um, abuse it. And I think that turned out to be the case, not unsurprisingly. So no surprise there. Um, the other thing, uh, that could potentially help the campaign at this point is, uh, whether or not a second stimulus gets passed. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, uh, it's interesting now because you're kind of, uh, there's kind of three different positions going on. There's the Democrats who, want to push for big, you know, 2.2, is it 2.2 trillion? Yeah. Um, package that, you know, provides aid to states and local government yep. and, you know, all sorts of nice juicy stuff. Um, then you've got a slim down 500 billion package for the Senate Republicans, which some some are just saying are, is, you know, McConnell giving a lifeline for his vulnerable Senate colleagues to vote on to say they've tried to do something. And then you've got the president in there saying, go big or go home. Um, <laughs> so I don't know what to make of it. Uh, I will say that um, you, you and I have talked about this a lot, that I, I hate when people put politics ahead of doing something for the people. And I know you, um, you will maybe more vehemently defend the politics aspect of it. But uh, I, I kind of agree that if, you know, the Senate Democrat or Senate Republicans are putting out 500 billion and they're willing to agree to that. Um, well, you know, if you're the Democrats and I think Wolf Blitzer actually gave Pelosi a little bit of a hard time last week for why she hasn't agreed to anything close to that or even come down to that. Yeah. I think you take it if it's on the table because you're doing something for the people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. because you had, didn't get everything you need, that's not how government works. Right. So, right. you know, like McConnell's opening claim is 500 billion. Maybe you can get them up to one bit, 1 trillion. I don't know. Maybe, you can, I, maybe but, but you take I what's on the table. You, yeah. I suspect you can. And I think there's, I, I don't, Nancy Pelosi has gotten a little bit, I think she's gotten a little bit out of touch in the last several months. And maybe it's because, she feels really good about the election and she's puffing her chest out a little bit. Um, I think Wolf Blitzer was spot on saying, you know, you, you can negotiate, you don't have to just, right. you know, sit back and I mean, cause clearly she is waiting for the election to, to pan out and, and have the upper hand. That's clearly yes. what she's doing. And, and that's typical. I mean, that's not to say that that doesn't happen all the time on both sides, but I think you're right. I think, I think I suspect McConnell would say if you, if they actually had a legitimate negotiation, he would bring up that number. I mean, is it going to reach 2 trillion? No, probably not. Right. But, um, but if there's a deal to, to be made, if there's exactly. a deal to be made, there's a deal to be made and they should do it. Um, and, but. and honestly, if, if it is a cynical ploy by him to just give them something to vote on, knowing it'll, it won't pass. You back him into a corner by coming sure. to negotiations. So it's like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think any, I don't know. Do you think anything will get done? I don't. Uh, I mean, prior to the election or even agreed upon before the election, like maybe not. I don't, I don't, on, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I, just, I think uh, yeah, I there's, a, you could set it, you could see 
today, especially with the Judiciary Committee's uh, voting out uh, Judge Barrett's nomination and the Democrats boycotting the vote, that they're setting up for they're setting up. For, they have their talking points and their political the, plays at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think they're going to use that because even in the in the uh, in the press conference, Schumer, you know, they did it outside on the Capitol steps, saying, you know, instead of negotiating a COVID relief package for you know millions of Americans. Republicans are doing X, Y, and Z. So, so they've got their talking points. They've dug in their position. I don't see them go backing away from it before the election. So I highly doubt, unless there's some backroom deal happening that we don't know about, but probably, um, not. Yeah. probably not. But um, I think prior to the election, we're not going to see any a big announcement. And I think really probably the person that st- would stand to benefit the most from a stimulus at this point is probably President Trump. Um, yeah, maybe some I think other, so. Maybe some of the Senate Republicans, but... Um, yeah, but not enough to save the Senate. Right. Uh, right. At this point. So, yeah. So no surprise there. And then mm-hmm. finally, perhaps the, the biggest swing and miss, or at least maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe I'm just saying that and projecting onto this, but, um, were, you know, the smoking gun emails from Hunter Biden that the New York post put out last week. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing, most people have heard about this at this point, but just a, a quick um, background on what it is, is the uh, Rudy Giuliani had access to a hard drive that was purportedly from uh, Hunter Biden that had emails claiming that he uh, arranged a meeting with Joe Biden with someone from uh, Burisma, right? Someone from mm-hmm. Burisma. Um, but it also had some other potentially uh, image damaging material on it as well, like something about maybe a um, smoking a crack pipe or something. Right. Um, and uh, Giuliani got it from a, uh, supposedly got it from a, um, a, a computer repair shop in Delaware. Yeah. Um, the, the the chain of acquisition is fuzzy at best and um uh it was supposed to be the smoking gun that showed hunter biden um you know used his position on barisma to impact uh, influence his father but I, before we actually talk about the emails i will just remind everyone that um you know uh i think there the whole reason uh, joe biden was in the Ukraine was actually to get the prosecutor in the Ukraine to prosecute companies like Burisma, not because he was there. The The prosecutor was corrupt and they were trying to get rid of them. So yeah. it doesn't make any sense that he would have him not investigate because he already was not investigating Burisma. Burisma had an investigation that was closed at that point. So it doesn't even make sense, even if it is true, but the, um, for my understanding, the post was the only outlet that would produce, that would publish this report. Um, the only two sources cited in the report are Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon. Um, I don't know if it's true, but I did read that Fox is supposedly even passed on putting it out there. Um, so I don't know but, if you follow it. Yeah. Cool. I mean, the thing, uh, what's curious here is, you know, there's the letter from the, all those various Intel officials, talking about that this could be disinformation from Russia. Mm -hmm. But they also say in that same letter that they don't know if the emails are genuine or not. Mm -hmm. And so, and basically every news outlet that's reported on it, which is not many, quite frankly, because you don't see this on any of the news channels. Fox News has been covering a little bit. Um, But none of all of them will say that they have not independently verified anything. Well, why not? I, I think I think well, there needs to be some some verification here and some reporting done on this issue that's not happening and for whatever reason, political or otherwise. But even like Matt Tabby from uh, uh, from Rolling Stone has been questioning why has nobody been lo- really looking into this? And Matt well, Tabby's not. Do you know not, they haven't tried to verify consumer. it? What's that? Do you know that like they haven't made efforts to verify it, or they just haven't been able to verify it? I mean, I, those are two different things. Sure, but I mean, there it's there has been some that have phrased it that they just haven't bothered to do it because they don't believe it, and then there's some that have actually said that they're trying to verify but haven't yet. 
Well, of course, because there there are plenty of news outlets. I mean, Twitter for one. As well, that's a whole different su- subject, actually. But when Twitter <laughs> banned the New York Post yeah. for this, which was ridiculous, um, right? With all the bullshit that they allow in that platform, that's yeah. what they that's what they banned. But whatever, that's a, another conversation. And they're just covering their asses. There's a lot of there is a lot of, and even you know Jack Dorsey had to come on and say that we handled that poorly. Well, yeah, no kidding. But um, I just kind of feel like this is this probably does deserve some investigative journalism and I don't feel like it that's happening at all for what, and I, I get why, but I, that's not necessarily an excuse. I, yeah, I mean, I love your laugh. <laughs> I love your body. Um, <laughs> I, it's just like, you know, if someone tells me there's aliens with three penises at, um, the Chicago Harbor, like, you know, do I, am I, is it incumbent on me to like go verify that that's not true? I don't know. Like, you know, um, look at it, look at it this way, man. There was more coverage and reporting and investigative journalism on the rumor that Donald Trump got a golden shower from a Russian hooker than on this. And there was no, and there was no verification whatsoever. There was no evidence to suggest that he ever got a, I mean, and I I can't believe I'm defending Donald Trump, but uh, that was one of the more ridiculous stories of 2016 that he was getting golden showers from Russian hookers in, in one of his hotels. I mean, I, I, from my r- recall, the only place that reported that was one BuzzFeed article. Now, other articles have referenced that it was, um, you know, uh, part of the Steele dossier, the Steel or dossier which um, uh, most of the Steele dossier, it, it was almost complete fabrication. Um, I, I don't I can't comment on that um i don't know i haven't but i i think i just think there and and perhaps i don't know what i wanted to also raise is that next week we're gonna have our our friend and non-bro um jen jen duck is this our first non-bro guest she correct it is um she she will she is uh teaches about um, misinformation at Belmont University where they're having the debate tonight. And I believe she's maybe at the debate tonight. Um, so maybe she can give us some insight on that as well. Um, but I did want to ask her, you know, like what is the media's role uh, when something like this happens? Cause she teaches media studies at Belmont. You know, what, what are they, what is their duty to, how much do they have to, you know, go down a rabbit hole trying to right. you know, disprove something or prove something, you know, what, because you can't disprove every story that's out there, right? So, like, what is the standard that you need to meet to say, I've done my diligence on this story, and it doesn't pass muster, and I don't need to do, waste any more time on it? Well, and maybe they haven't done that here. I don't know. Maybe, um, But, of course, it's being spun as the media covering for the Biden camp. Um, you know, several senators said, I believe Josh Hawley even claimed t- Twitter was committing campaign violent finance uh, violations by by doing this um uh ron i think no it was rick scott um also tweeted uh some some concerns about the media covering biden dirt um and of course trump has called for bill barr to investigate hunter biden which is um or and the Biden family, which is completely inappropriate, you know, if they deserve to be uh, uh, prosecuted, great. Maybe you know Barr can investigate, but it should definitely not be directed by the president of the United States. Um, so all in all, I think, and again, I think the the reason it's not a big surprise is that people don't care. I don't think. I mean, do you think people care? I think there are people that care. I think well, what, sure. I care, what, what I think. Of, what I, what I think about the most is that there there should be equal vetting of the candidates. And I don't, because it's Trump, I, I and honestly, if it were somebody else, we probably would be getting equal vetting, quite frankly. But because it's Trump, it's, it's all dumping on him without actually, and I don't know if there's anything to look at with Biden. That's not really my point. My point is just that if the media is going to invest as much time and effort as they did on the Steele dossier and whole host of other things, emoluments clause, you know, what Donald Jr. is up to these days uh, on, you know, Trump, they should be doing equally the same on Biden and his family. Now, 
watching i did watch the social dilemma on netflix uh mm-hmm. this past week because that's i've yeah. been it was mostly to prepare for our conversation with with jen next week but um you know there there too has that has actually amplified the problem even more because you do have these strange news outlets that aren't really news outlets that really mm-hmm. are just there to sort of antagonize and to agitate the public um that are out there and a lot of this stuff comes from that and that's true yeah. and i get that but th- we're not talking about the national Enquirer here we're talking about the, the new york post and yes they have a conservative bent to their to their reporting but they are still a reputable uh newspaper in a major media market so I, that's why I sort of feel like there needs to be additional vetting. Now, whether it be by the New York Post be doing more work on it, that's fine too. But I don't think it should be shut out the way that it has been from a lot of the, the cable networks, um, especially when they co- when MSNBC ad nauseum covered the Steele dossier to the point where Rachel Maddow was screaming bullshit on her show every week about you know Trump doing X, Y, or Z. Let's it's not just, compare Rachel Maddow to, you know, uh, Maggie Haberman at the New York Times, or um, you know, someone at Washington Post who, but but she would, but but Maddow would. She considers well, herself, you know, that caliber of journalism. I mean, she does. She's an opinion. It doesn't uh, matter. They all they all see view themselves that way, and well, they are I given mean, the and they are given the platform. Too is you know, they are given the platform during sure. a prime time slot on a major cable network to say these things and to report on these things. The blurring they, of, of journalism and opinion is a problem. Exactly. Yes, I agree. So, but until that is actually satisfied or or, or rectified, I should say, then you know, what are we what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to believe anymore? So, no, I. I agree. It's a it's it's one of my main concerns with mm-hmm. the state of affairs is, you know, you can go on Facebook and scroll through, and a Washington Post article looks the exact same as an Infowars article, as a, um, a you know, um, Young Turks article. Uh, is that is that the really liberal? Yeah, um, Young Turks. Yeah. yeah. Um, article as you know, some 4chan created article. They all look the same. Um, and so, you know, when people are reading this, how do they, if they, if they don't know about the sources, how do they sure. discriminate between what is factual and what isn't? And it's, it's a huge concern of mine. And that's why I really applaud Jen for the work she's doing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. um, and, I can't, and like I said, I can't wait to talk to her. I'm, that's why I watch Social Dilemma, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, it, which, which I'm not, if you have, if I know, I think you've seen it, right? I have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, so if anybody's listening, you haven't seen it, watch it. It will scare the shit out of you. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I've, I've never, I thankfully, I thankfully, I've never really, I feel like Facebook or social media in general has done what that documentary, um, uh, says is being done to people. I don't think I'm, I feel like I'm not that susceptible because I, you know, you and I, we've worked in this world for a long time. We, our bullshit detector is pretty, pretty sensitive at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can absolutely see how every many other people can get roped in and just spun up and turned that, it turned in different ways. It's, it's crazy. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I see people on my feed that are just like, yeah, you know, going, oh, yeah. arguing with people they don't even know about, yeah. um, you know, such non-important stuff that like, and you got like a life right in front of you. I'm just like, just go outside and, and yeah. calm down, take a deep breath and like see that your life's not that bad. Um, I think the, the thing about the emails that really, you know, is funny to me is, and even like, it's just not landing with like, people are out of work. People are sure. sick. Yeah. Um, you know, Hunter Biden's not going to give them health care, or Hunter Biden's not threatening, uh, you know, their paycheck or, you know, a lifeline. Um, and even Mark Thiessen wrote something in the post this week who, you know, he's as big of a, a sycophant as I've seen out there of the current administration. But he was like, Trump needs to not ter- talk about policy and not Hunter Biden. So yeah, his message has been totally screwed up the last yeah. several weeks and he hasn't been on message. And he you thinks know, it's a he thinks it's a redo of he, 2016 that he can do he that again. And, and he and this and none of this Hunter Biden stuff is is a winner. I mean, you you said that not too long ago. It's it's just not a winner for the campaign. It's not going to get him any points for for the people that he needs to get points from. Right. Um, those undecided and independents and potentially even you know right leaning Democrats. But um, yeah, I mean, it has to be all about the economy, the co- about COVID. I mean, 
in Illinois. I think Illinois went on Friday in dining. Um, mm-hmm. in, in indoor dining is going to be banned again. It's, I think it's. It, I think I saw it's. Is it dining? I thought. I thought for well for Chicago, it's indoor service for non-food. So like bars. Oh, okay. Do, uh, well, you know the state they broke up the state into regions, so there's some right. regions that are going to go full on no indoor dining okay. at all. Okay. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. But but still, so it's a problem. There, the point is, is that we're starting to we're starting to track backwards now, right. going into, which we, I think a lot we expected because it's sure. winter time. It's starting. We're moving into winter time. Event. You know, it's fall. It's getting colder. The the virus is going to get stronger, um, just because people are more susceptible to getting sick at this point. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean that's what he needs to be focusing on, and not any, any of this outside stuff. But. Well, we can talk about this more next week with Jen. Yes, I'm excited about that conversation. Thoughts on this whole, whole. Uh, the wife of our very good friend uh, Quinn. So Rib Brown, Quinn Brown, Rib Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day we'll play some music from our our band um, that oh. we all had together one day. Actually, Jen and Quinn, um, <laughs> but didn't they? They didn't meet. They met at working in media in D.C. But. She came to watch our band uh, back. She came to watch our debut show. Our our only show. Our only show. <laughs> it was that good. And they've been together ever since. She was that enthralled by his. I need, we need to get Quinn to give us, give us that. If he still has any of that audio, we could play that as our intro one day. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. PBS, Pete's Bad Song. Pete's Bad Song. Um, so anyway, next week, uh, we'll talk about that. That'll be our last uh, conversation before the election. Um, I will, I tell you, I will be an election judge for the city of Chicago. Are you really? Mm-hmm. I when did that up. happen? I signed up and did the training. Oh, cool. Um, and so they pay I'll, for that. I get like 200 bucks, but nice. I, I, mean, I have to work from, I have to be at the polling place at five in the morning Jesus. and, and stay through close, which is at close. The polls close at seven and then you yeah. gotta, you know, close everything up. So I probably won't get home till like Eight thirty nine, so it's a long day. Um, Where's your at your particular polling place? No, they haven't assigned my precinct yet. I get it um, ten days before, but I I only gave like four as an option, and they're all like either mine or right around here. So nice, um, yeah. So I, I figured I'd step up in the you know this year when um, uh, older people may not be willing to put themselves at risk to to, mm-hmm. to do that that there were going to be a need for younger people. So. I'll uh, I'll so be out there. So if if I get some um, um, intimidate some gun toting uh, intimidators around, you know, <laughs> yeah, in in Lincoln in Lincoln yeah. Uh, Square, yeah, no, it's probably yeah, it's probably going to be Antifa if it's uh, anyone yeah. in Chicago um, intimidating. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that'll be our last conversation. But it should be interesting. I think uh, things are you know, obviously anything can happen, right? We know we know that from twenty sixteen, but. Um, there's a small there's a small part of me that thinks that Trump's going to win. I I mean, I I there's definitely a part of me that thinks he's going to win. Um, were we were we going to do some race handicapping here? <laughs> cuz I mean, it's weird cuz you know, I've I Oh, you mean like just not just the presidential race, like the Senate races like we have? Well, I think in general cuz they're all intertwined, right? Sure. I mean, it's you know, there's how much can certain senator Republican senators that are for election outperform the president and still win? You know, does is the president trending the state right? I mean, Wisconsin. Uh, you know, Biden's only up by like four and a half points uh, when you went on the average of the polls at this point. And I think a few weeks ago it was he was up by ten. So same thing in Michigan. Biden's not. I mean, he's up by I think like. Um, I shall look. Let me pull up Michigan actually before I say it out loud because I can't remember now. But his, I, he's trending the wrong way as well. In Michigan, uh, he's still up by a ton, but even like the Senate Wisconsin. candidate, the Republican Senate candidate, is only down by a couple points. So it's it's gotten really it's getting sporty. Um, Pennsylvania, Biden's trending a little bit downwards. He's still ahead, but so Biden, the po- po- Fox poll released um, Biden plus five in Wisconsin, YouGov Biden plus five, Siena College Biden plus ten, Morning Consult Biden plus twelve. 538 has him at 56 point six points in Wisconsin. Mm. Um, but yes, it, 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 it's tightened a bit. Yeah. 
Um, I think Michigan I think, is, st- is still pretty. Um, it's pretty wide. Actually, I just noticed that the Senate race is actually widened, and the the Democrats up now by five points. But a couple last week, he was only up by three. Michigan's closer to eight points. Yeah, he um, was up by twelve um, yeah. in the last poll. Well, yeah, I'm I'm just looking at the average. That's just yeah. the average, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, crazy. I can totally see a scenario where, you know, he Trump wins Florida, North Carolina, and then basically, you know, and and holds everything else, you know, that he did. He doesn't lose Iowa or Ohio or Texas, which I think are kind of pipe dreams um, for the Democrats, and that. You know, it's it's left. It comes down to Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and yeah, Michigan, Michigan Minnesota, Ohio. And, you know, I think things are pretty you know, good for Biden at the moment. Yeah, the upshot at New York Times of the famous of the needle fame. They make the needle on election night. I don't mm-hmm. know. You've seen the needle before. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, they have a statistic that even if the polls at this point, even if the polls were off as much as they were in 2016. Biden would win um, 319 electoral votes. And that's yeah. just based on polling. Obviously, polling could be wrong, but... Right. Um, polling is so, usually wrong. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's pretty, you know... Uh, but again, like, what does it say for the down-ballot races? Um, uh, 538 has a 74% chance of the Democrats winning control of the Senate. So I think, I think it's probably higher than that at this point. You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because what's interesting I, I, to me I, I, is fifty-fifty is as probably like I don't think Ernst is going to lose. No, I don't think Ernst is going to lose. But I think I mean right. I think it'll be fifty-one forty-nine Democrat after the election because so Doug Jones loses to Tommy Tuberville. Yes. So what are the? I think the flips. Five uh, seats then. They yeah, I mean Arizona's won for sure. sure. I, I think uh, Martha McSally's run a horrific race out there, and Mark Kelly's just kicked her butt all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina, which I think is really interesting, that the sex scandal for Cal Cunningham, the Democrat, has done almost nothing to affect his numbers. Trump has I mean, num- Trump has numbed us to sex scandals. I, it really has. It's it's sad, and and it's now he's up to like two mistresses have come out. Oh really? Yeah, second one came out last uh, at the beginning of this week, um, and I mean. It's not that Tom Tillis is unpopular. I mean, he was speaker of the of the North Carolina House before he became a senator, and he's a popular guy. But you know, if Trump is pulling him down that much, I, I just I don't know. I think Cal Cunningham might actually pull that off. Um, I think actually Maine. I think Susan Collins will actually end up pulling that out. Um, so where are you? I don't see where you're getting the the five that they need. Then if if um, I mean, are you saying that like Ossoff's not going to beat Purdue? No, Ossoff's not going to be Purdue, but Colorado's work. They'll lose. I think Colorado will end up flipping Hickenlooper. I think That's will end up winning That's that. True. Um, That's three. So Colorado, Minnesota. I'm sorry, uh, North Carolina, Arizona. Um, I wonder what was the other one that I was thinking of the other day. Not Montana. Not Montana, because I think uh, Steve. I mean, Ernst, did did you see away. Ernst's uh, debate flub? Uh, no. Where what they happened? asked for the price of a soybean. Uh, or whatever I don't know how you measure it, and she was like, "I think it's like ten. I think it should be about ten fifty. And the debate moderator was he was super nice, super nice Iowa guy. He's like, "Well, nope, it's actually five fifty, <laughs> and you should know that. <laughs> you should know that." It was so like an Iowa put down. Um, and uh, well, what's it? I mean, there there could be a dem- I mean, Ossoff probably isn't going to beat Purdue, but uh, in the Lawler Collins race. People right. forget that that's a, that's a jungle primary or election. Right. And if Loeffler and Collins split each other, the Democrat can come and win really easily. I don't okay, even yeah. know who the Democrat is. It starts to get over 50%, right? Warnock, yeah, before to, for a runoff. But um, he's at know. like 43% is what I saw. Yeah. Um, but he's, I mean, he's polling great. But he polls, he actually polls positive to yep. Loeffler and Collins. And Collins, right. right. So he could potentially win a runoff too. Yep. Um, so I mean, there's. I mean, you don't think Graham's going to lose, right? I, I don't know. I I don't understand why people are. I I mean, I get why people are hyping it up. It's because he's chairman of the, chairman of the judiciary and he's a Trump, you know, lackey. But um, I just don't. I I'd be super shocked if he lost. Yeah. Well, um, you. I think you've. I mean, so, you're basically saying it'll be fifty fifty or fifty one forty nine. Um, I think fifty fifty is 
like I'm a pessimist and I think 50, 50 is probably the best that they can do. But if you win the the house and, and, and the presidency, then 50, 50 is good enough. So yeah, you saw the majority. Cause you got, if you've got uh, the white house, exactly. The vice president is your, is your, uh, tiebreaker. Deciding vote. Yep. Um, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how, how are you, so I'm friends with other, uh, Republicans who some, you know, think this, we got to still defend the Senate, even if we don't like, even if they don't like Trump, they still got to. And then I have Republican friends who think any of the people who have enabled and, and, you know, voted against, um, hearing more witnesses in the, in the Senate, any of these people who've enabled Trump over the last four years should be voted out of office and needed to be purged from the GOP before there can be, um, any sort of, uh, rejuvenation of the party. I mean, do you have any thoughts on, on, or are you, are you down the middle of there? Are you, like, no, it's, you... it's, it, I mean, honestly, I struggle with this because I, 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 there's days where I think the Lincoln project is doing great work. And then there's days where I think they're doing horrible work because they are going after people that they're not, they shouldn't be going after. Mm-hmm. It, the, if the focus is Trump and Trumpism, you gotta you, you gotta cut the head off, and that's Trump. That's who you should be focusing your efforts on. Um, but you know they're they're running ads against senators. They're running ads against some House right. members too, and I think that's yep. ridiculous. Um, Trump's e- even if those people were voted out, even if Graham lost, you know whoever else, you know Purdue, any of these guys that that tout Trump, he's his mark is going to be is has been left on the GOP for at least several cycles. Mm-hmm. So the per, you know, if they really want to go into the wilderness for a decade, and that's their goal, I think that's insane because you're never going to have a proper check on the Democrats who are probably going to be in power for several cycles. Um, you know, it it is imperative to hold the Senate to be that check. It is, you know, I believe in having two parties or a divided government. I think it's better. Um. Well, but and, I mean, I but I struggle. I'm, I mean, I still struggle with the fact that we need to have we need we do need to go into the wilderness to rebuild the brand, recalibrate. But I don't know if I'm if I'm 100 percent on board with purging all these people who, at the end of the day, are actually really good legislators. Like I think the world of Tom Tillis. Um, I actually think Senator Purdue is a very good guy and a very good um, senator. Um, you know, Lindsay, I mean, we've had a conversation about Lindsey Graham. I think he just goes with whoever says he is the, his friend that day. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he McCain took him under his wing, so he was a McCain maverick guy. And the second McCain passed away, he went to Trump because Trump gave him, you know, put his arm around him and said, come hang out with me. And he's I'll that, listen to you. He's yeah. that little brother. He's that little brother who's just going to follow along with whoever is uh, is paying attention to him then, at that given moment. Well, I think one but, thing this group of senators has, has shown is that, um, you know, they're willing to flip flop policy positions. So I imagine if, you know, they do maintain the Senate, they'll flip back to pretty traditional Republican stance pretty quickly. I mean, you've already seen it with kind of stimulus positioning, like, Oh, well we need austerity. Uh, you know, we can't be spending this. Um, even when you've got the head of the party, the president calling for go big or go home. So, um, you know, you could probably well, it, rely on them to give you pretty traditional Republican talking points and policy uh, pushes after after the election. Well, here's a good like, you know, one side or the other. I do not think Susan Collins deserves to lose her Senate seat. And it's not that the Lincoln Project is running ads against her. I, I don't know if they are, but she's a good are. senator for the state of Maine. And she mm-hmm. believes in, in representing Maine. On the other hand, I think Kelly Loeffler needs to get her get out of the Senate. She should never, should never have been there in the first place. Um, you know, on paper, she was probably a great choice, but she to, you know, for, for governor Kemp to appoint to that seat. But I think she does a disservice to Johnny Isaacson, who is the one that had that seat. Mm -hmm. And if Kemp had done a better job of choosing a Senator, which there was a whole list of people he could have gone with besides Doug Collins or Kelly Loeffler or whoever else, um, that would have actually honored, the tradition that Johnny Isaacson had put in place, who I think Johnny Isaacson is one of the best United States senators in the last half century uh, in terms of bipartisanship and getting things done and being respected. Um, I mean, come on, that hug with John Lewis on the House floor when John Lewis was reading a tribute to John, to Johnny Isaacson on the House floor it speaks volumes right there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's not that I don't think there aren't geo peers that geo peers that need to be purged. I just don't think it's on a mass scale the way that some, uh, right. You know, some folks want to, um, well, most people, a lot of people have already voted. So, right. We're not changing any minds tonight. Nope. Um, We're not. That's fine. Um, well, I wish we had that power. I, I predicted, uh, or before we started, I was like, oh, let's make this short, but we're at 45 minutes already. Um, do you want to just uh, call it? I was going to say we could talk real quickly about the Illinois tax, um, uh, uh, but no one really cares about that. So No, no. We're one of what, uh, Illinois is one of what, seven, eight states that still has a flat in state income tax? Yeah. want to go to a progressive uh, yeah. graduated tax? Um my take, on, I think, what I do think is funny is that you've got, it's warring billionaires. So J.B. Pritzker. Pritzker. Yeah, J.B. Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, is a he's worth like $3 billion. And then Ken Griffith, another hedge fund guy, worth $3, 4000000000 billion. And they're just pumping money into the, their opposing campaigns. The um, I do find it hilarious. Oh, and and the, one right after the other. One airs right. and then the other side airs right after it. Yeah. Um, but I've noticed that uh, the anti- the no voting no on the on the tax hike uh, is getting a lot more play on social media than voting in favor of. I've noticed that this week. I don't know if that's just the the nature of the ad buy or what, but I feel like I've seen more of the uh, targeting the you. Uh, maybe, I, but I'm not. I haven't like searched for it. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't tag. I don't like and tag articles anymore that often. Um, and even if I do, they're never really partisan in nature. But who knows? Maybe they are. Um, but then J.B. Pritzker's cousin, who's also a billionaire, is joined Ken Griffin <laughs> in helping fund the anti-tax hike. It's, so it's just really funny that all these billionaires. Oh, really? His, oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize this. Yeah, his. I forget what her name. It's a uh, what? Her, what's her name? I forget her name. Uh, what her name is? Penny but his, no, it's not Penny. Penny is f- helping fund J.B. Oh, okay. But it's one of their cousins who's also a billionaire, and I forget what her name is. But she's she's against the tax hike. I think I, I think I would be totally in favor. I mean, I've lived in states that have had progressive income tax, state income taxes. I'd be fine with it if there was a pension reform attached to it, but there isn't. So I'll probably vote no. Um, the Tribune came out against it, which is I think pretty damning. Um, I haven't seen any polling to understand where people yeah. are lining up. But um, the last time I talked to somebody about the polling who would actually know anything, they said that uh, they think that the tax hike will go down. Will go down. Uh, yeah, okay. they, that, that it won't that it won't pass. Um, but yeah. that was a few weeks. That was like a month ago. Okay. So who knows where we're at now? Well, we'll see if the ads pay off in the end. Yep. Um, but there's a little bit of local politics for for all you listeners out there. Yeah. Um, so let's end this up uh, and look towards i want i want to read these recaps of the debate if it's it's probably still going on actually no it's um, over it's all done okay. Okay. yeah finished um, about well, I, look, I looked over i think it finished about 20 minutes ago uh next time we talk to everyone we'll have our friend jen on um what are you into this week anything uh nothing in particular uh i do want to give kind of a, a shout out it's funny uh quinn jen's husband and our other buddy ryan and i were on a text chain today Today is the 30th anniversary of Pearl Jam's first show as a band. So we were kind of reminiscing were about... Uh, no, it was not. It was in Seattle in 1990. So um, I was 11 at the time. So 12. So, there. so I was not there. Um, and we were sort of reminiscing about our shows and like fun memories from each one. So that was, that was fun. That was kind of cool. Uh, and one of the memories that I brought up with, and I didn't remember the context, but... Um, or no, I do remember the context on this one. It, it was Raleigh in 2003. Quinn and I went to go see them in Raleigh. And Matt Cameron came out on stage, the drummer, came out on stage with Sleater Kinney, who was the opening band, mm-hmm. to play just tambourine, <laughs> to accompany them on tambourine. And from the crowd, and we were only like, I don't know, four or five rows back from the from the stage, I yell, Matt Cameron, woo! Like really loud. And he made he just kind of made this face when he heard it. And like the, I said that the face was like, did some dude just cat call me? Um, but uh, Quinn laughed because basically Matt Cameron acknowledged that somebody did that. And uh, I thought it was hilarious, but um, 
that was cool. And then I spent another time uh, telling F you to uh, the drum tech uh, at another show. And I couldn't remember why. And then Quinn reminded me it was because he blew me off at um, a hotel where the crew was having their like after show party or pre-show. Party so you're into like uh, honoring Pearl Jam. On into Easter. honoring Pearl Jam this week. I've been listening to a lot of Pearl Jam and also the, uh, you know, Pearl Jam just put out, uh, they're unplugged from 1992. Oh really? Uh, it's now on iTunes, and they oh. actually put it out on vinyl as well. So I've been listening to that I seven songs. That. That's a, I love that version of Porch. Yep, great version mm-hmm. of Porch. Um, so that's I've been listening to that this week. Right uh, well, but yeah. um, how about you? Somewhat related oh. to that, and perhaps one of the brorier things I've said on this podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, and a band that opened for Pearl Jam at their Pearl Jam 20 concert. Uh, I've been really listening to the new Strokes album. The new. Have you listened to it? I have not, but I've been meaning to download it so I can listen to it. How I've never it? been a huge Strokes fan. Um, I know kind of their main catalog, but don't know the deep cuts. Um, and but I, you know, was looking for some new music uh, a while back when the. I, mean, I think it's been out a couple months, mm-hmm. um, and you know it's it's really good it's it's there's some traditional sounding strokes in there but yep. they do a couple of new sounding stuff and it's just kind of it's 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 engaging it's it's you know you don't hear rock albums these days that really pull you in and right. grab you it's you know it's kind of more um niche stuff and uh it was just it kind of threw me back a little bit and i've been listening to it quite a bit it's probably one of my favorite albums of of 2020 so nice. um been listening to that so check it out I, th- I think i actually did download it i just haven't it's listened better to than it the yet pearl jam album. it's why it's better than the pearl jam album that came the new out pearl jam album yeah uh i i'm don't know if i would doubt that unfortunately um not to say there aren't great songs on the new pearl jam record there are but so that's uh, what i meant that's cool man yeah well good stuff mm-hmm. so next week we've got uh our non-bro guest jennifer duck of Belmont University. Um, and uh, for those of you who want to follow us on Twitter, follow us at, at Bros Politics. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and are we on uh, Amazon? Amazon yet? Nice. We yeah. are. And Amazon? I think we should be. We, Yeah, we are. We are. I, I checked. We are. We better be. Yep. Um, and then with that, let's go to the casino. Later. See ya. What could possibly go wrong?